Welcome to another episode of Let's Discuss It Podcast. I'm sitting here with Lindsay Dawkins from the uh, RIPA organization with the Marketing and Events Coordinator. Thanks for having me today. Oh, thank you for coming in. I know it's a little bit of a short notice a couple of weeks ago, but um, you pulled through and actually came through, and I really appreciate that because I really want to spread awareness to what you're doing. Yeah, you know, I, I love to talk about RIFA, so any <laughs> any time. <laughs> so talk to me about the organization. Yeah, so RIFA, Regional Interfaith Association, a lot of people don't even know what it stands for, and we've been around since 1976, so we've been out for a while, right. and we've looked a, a lot of different things. Right. When we first started, we were actually created from churches okay. where they could get together and have money at the time. But it was, they had to have a, you know, get together and not one church could do it. Oh. And so that's an interesting fact that we were started from churches. Right. And we started different ways, but now what we look like is food. We are hunger fighting agency and it looks, we have lots of different programs and ministries, but that's where we're, what we're about is fighting hunger right here in Jackson and the surrounding counties. So as far as like when you do a food drive or something, is it really on the main holidays or it's a day-to-day basis, correct? You know, hunger, I, I'm going to use this cliche. Okay. Hunger doesn't take a break. Absolutely. It is 365 days and it's great that we focus on it at Christmas time because mm-hmm. I love, I love people's hearts that they're willing to give and, and give so much right. during this time. But we take food drives any time of the year, <laughs> summer, spring, anytime you want to do them, they will be used and knowing that they're feeding somebody. Do you have a lot of businesses in Jackson that buy in bulk and and come donate food or even donate their time and and situations like that where it's such um it almost like a reality check that people have a little bit of humanity the way society is nowadays yeah you know i always say jackson is a very giving community when the soup kitchen we think of the soup kitchen Mm -hmm. we serve over 200 people a day and that takes a lot of food to be able to feed (laughs) that amount of people but we have companies and businesses that are so generous. You think about Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. What happens if somebody calls up, orders a pizza, and never picks it up? Okay. What do you do with it? You, I never even thought about that. It actually comes to Rifa. Okay. When Olive Garden and restaurants like this, when they have leftover things, we have what are called gleaners. <laughs> and they go around and pick up extra things. Starbucks, their pastries. Mm-hmm. When they're just about to go out of date, We'll go pick them up and we're able to serve them. So Jackson is a great community and these businesses, you know, these are just a small little, little portion of what they do Mm -hmm. on a in-kind level, but it's just amazing to see all of it come together. Well, I know that Tennessee right now, the numbers that they brought up, and I think this may be a 2018 figure, but they're saying 7,800 people are homeless here in Tennessee in the whole state. Um, now, West Tennessee, I do you do see a lot where, you know, at Walmart or you'll see them at Target. And it's like people do so much to want to help people. But even when they see someone on the side of the road who, you know, people have been manipulated by people who are scamming. And also it gives out the stereotype that not everybody is honest in that in that situation because some people have gotten caught. So when you see someone like that, that's actually... It's almost like you can kind of tell the difference between someone who authentically doesn't have anything and someone who's been standing in the same spot for two weeks. What are your thoughts when it comes to something like that, when you when you talk about how generous Jackson is, but yet you have 
certain amount of people or a small amount of people who take advantage of people who really don't have things to have, like, you know, things that belong to them. I wish I had this brilliant answer, (laughs) but I really don't. It's just, it's going to happen. I wish I could say that everybody, everyone that is homeless or hungry, that they're honest and you know what, they're thinking of the best and they Mm -hmm. just want to get something. That's not true. And it, and it just is what it is. They're still human. And a lot of times when they're put in those situations, they're going to do whatever they can do Mm -hmm. to get the things that they need. Those basic necessities. You know, there are lots of research that shows that when kids in schools, when they're hungry, Mm -hmm. that a lot of times they'll start stealing. They'll steal food in the cafeteria. And that's a sign that maybe they don't have food at home. Mm And so it causes them to do other things. Now, I'm not justifying their behaviors. Absolutely it, not. It's not. That, mm-hmm. That's not the way to go. But that's why I would tell people, think about those organizations that do help. You know, RIFO, for instance, mm-hmm. Area Relief Ministries, other places like that that can help. So right. maybe, maybe you are led to give to someone on the street. Do it. Do whatever, you know, if the Lord is telling you, hey, I need to give something to them, then do it. But maybe it's saying, hey, do you know about RIFA? Do you know about this organization? Because you can go get a hot meal or you can go get a place to stay. And so I would tend to tell people more about that if you're a little shy of, well, what are they going to do? Are they going to take advantage of me? What are they going to? Right. Because we do have the resources to be able to you know, we have a social worker on staff that will talk to people and be able to figure out, okay, are you lying to me? Are you, (laughs) we always call them the investigators because that's what they have to do sometimes. You got to pick and shoot. You got to like filter through the, the, I guess the, the whole net of what you're going through on trying to figure out if you're being taken advantage of. And if, if people who are really hungry, the RIFA has been, known in Jackson like I've like I said I've known it for many years I didn't know everything that you actually did in a in the total and we will talk about that but if someone was really hungry for food and they knew about that program they would make their way even if they I mean even if they had to walk I've seen people walk someone will start at one side of the town and they will end up at the other side of town and I was out and about for two hours and I've noticed that they're on their way somewhere but um, your organization has, has spread word on what you do for people. And I feel like if that's what they were really wanting, then they would make their way there because y'all do so much for people. I mean, you have backpack drives. Um, what else do y'all have? Y'all have. Um, you know, we have simple things as far as showers and laundry facilities wow. that people can use. Because mm-hmm. when you think about, oh, I've been on the streets for a while and I haven't showered, I haven't washed my clothes. Like Mm -hmm. just to get that done can make you feel like a new person. Right. I mean, if if you've ever camped, (laughs) you know, (laughs) when you get home, you are excited to get that shower. (laughs) Well, there's there's somebody I actually know and his name is John Baker. And every Saturday he wakes up, he makes sandwiches in the summer, and soup in the winter, and he goes to South Jackson and he feeds the homeless every single Saturday. But his—he's a very, from what I heard, he was a—he's a very religious man. He—he—he—he's doing God's work. He gets his family, his intermediate family involved, his daughter, his grandchildren, and they go every Saturday and feed the homeless. 
And to me, that is amazing because it's just a small part of what your organization actually does. Except you have an establishment, a building that people can come and get out of the cold for a while or come inside and get out of the heat for a while and, and do stuff like that. And to see like one person, not even, and I don't think this, uh, this gentleman has social media, but he's just doing it for, for doing it. You know, he's doing what God told him he feels like he can do for these people. And that is amazing to me. And I love that. You know, we need more of those type people right? that just, hey, I want to do it, but they're actually putting it into action. Right. You know, we always have good ideas and yeah. we, we want to do good. And I feel like a lot of us are genuine, but mm-hmm. it's sometimes we don't actually do it. It's just that thought. So I love that he is doing it, making a, an effort in, in ministry and, you know, what, however many people come, but that right. is an area that needs help and I'm so glad that he's he's doing that. Yeah, and it's and I and I hear stories about people who are you know who are down on their luck. And I actually heard a story about it the other day. What he actually did for somebody. Um, he went. He goes out there, and those people know him by name now. He's been doing it for many years, from what I heard. Uh, he actually helped one of the guys who um, couldn't get a job because he didn't have his papers, his identification. He, I think, he lost it in a house fire. I'm, don't quote me. I think that's what I was hearing. And so he went and took him to the Social Security office, got everything reprinted, helped him get a job. And now he is he has like a really good established job. And it's because this guy helped him in the area that he was at. And that's just a small like token of just, you know, being generous and being helpful. And he took his time during the week to take him to go get all his information so he can get it on the speed again. And that's just the kind of stuff that just needs to be spread, you know, that and it didn't get posted on Facebook and didn't get put on Twitter. And it was just out of the kindness of his heart. And he did it on his own time. And that's amazing. That, that's awesome. Yeah. And just one small act, because mm-hmm. it's not that he spent, you know, thousands of dollars right. on helping this person or took, you know, a week off. It was just a small act mm-hmm. of helping him. And look what it's done. Yeah. he's From what I heard, he's got a really good job. He's got his own house, and he's doing well for himself. And that just that just blew me away because we don't know what people go through. We don't know their stories. You know, a lot of people who think of homeless people, they think, well, they did this to themselves. They did something in their life to cause this. Uh, this is their mistakes. You know, it doesn't, you know, they can go apply for a job, you know, like I do. And it's not that easy for people. They might not have a license. They they may have lost everything, and maybe that loved one left them, and maybe they're dealing with, uh, you know, something that can be, you know, uncomprehendable to us. And um, to think that we are so quick to judgment, and, I, and I'm not saying we, but people that I've known personally has just like, oh, man, they can go get a job like I do, and that's just not, that's just a wrong mentality. I mean, you hit it right on the head yeah. that I would say for me – when I work at RIFA, yes. I worked there like six, seven years. Right. And it is a humbling experience. Yes. Because we, like you said, just general America, we don't we don't put ourselves in those people's shoes. Right. And I hate to say those people, but people that are homeless, people who are going to soup kitchens because we have no clue what their situations are. Absolutely. And like I said earlier, I wish I could say that everybody is honest and great. And there are people that choose that lifestyle. But there are a lot of people that didn't choose that. Mm-hmm. It is one health, you know, benefit of not even benefit that they went to the hospital. They can't pay their bills. Now, 
all this stuff has happened. Maybe they had a car accident. Maybe they lost their job. Maybe they have mental illness. Mental illness is one of the biggest ones that I've, when I've researched it, um, patients who didn't have insurance or, you know, people who didn't have insurance to get the treatment they needed or the medicine they needed or just the care in general. Um, you'll see a lot of older people who are just where they're at mentally. It's it's just, it's not right. And, and it's, and it's hard for them because that was the hand they were dealt and it's not their fault and they shouldn't have to suffer as if they're nobodies. And that's how I feel sometimes when I see it on Facebook or when I see it on YouTube, uh, people are like, oh, I'm going to pay this, you know, homeless guy $5 and I bet he'll, you know, move all my stuff out of my trailer. I'm like, you can't do that to people, you know? And that's just, the world is so harsh. And the reason I love what y'all do is because you're a little bit of light in the darkness in this, in this state and um, what y'all do, and I'm, there's probably a hundred other organizations that do it that does it too. But just to have y'all here and have everything y'all do here is amazing. And like I love to praise it, and I can't wait to start because like I've already talked to my brother, and he's wanting to go out there. We're wanting to take our kids out there. We want to make it a common thing. I know our schedule's a little difficult, but we can always make time to come help, even if it's for a couple hours for whatever y'all need. You know, y'all need to do something, or you need help to fix something, or anything. You know, we're we're willing to do any of that because I feel like if we, you know, with this uh, platform that we have, if we can spread the awareness on helping people, I believe other people can do it too. And that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah, it takes a community to be able to help people Mm -hmm. to provide a basic necessity of food that we take for granted so much because you're probably like me. I haven't missed too many meals. <laughs> no, I didn't. I don't know what hunger is. I don't have to think about mm-hmm. where my next meal is coming from. I can open my cabinets and know exactly. Mm-hmm. Or I can go to a restaurant and have dinner. But that is not the case for a lot of people. No. That they do not know or they have to make decisions. Do I choose this medication over having food? Yeah. Or do I pay my utility bill? Or... Am I going to, where am I going to sleep tonight? And Mm -hmm. those are just questions that it is hard to think about. And people have to live in the day, in the moment. There's no forethought of, well, next week I'm going to do this. No, it is surviving today. Mm -hmm. And so it takes that community to do a food drive for us, Mm -hmm. to come and serve, to, you know, do little things, but that's what it is. Little things adding up creates a lot of big things. Yeah. Cause like, even if we don't, let's just say for some odd reason, we don't have food right away cause we're waiting to get paid again or something. We always have a relative or a friend or someone we can call upon to kind of say, you know what? Hey, you know, I'm running a little short, you know, no one's really that prideful not to ask their relative or a friend to, Hey man, I'm, I'm waiting until next week to get paid. Is there any way I can come get, you know, eat dinner with y'all or something? That's fine, but like some of these people who are living in, 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 you know, with being homeless, they don't have those supports. They don't have that lifeline. They don't have those people they can run to. So basically, when you see someone on the side and maybe they are asking for, you know, some change, and although it may be a little uncomfortable, because it does, it, it makes. It makes me a little uncomfortable because so, some of it will make, they're, they're a little bit direct, but they mean well. But they don't mean to be direct. They're just, like you said, living in the moment and they're, they're like not panicking, but they're, they're worried. Yeah. And so they're like, please, if you have anything, just anything would help. And I know that word gets you, it gets watered down so much. Anything can help, but honestly, anything will help with them. Like, it, it, like 20 cents, you know, with 20 people would help them in some type of way, you know. And, uh, 
they used to make me a little uncomfortable until my mom um, really humbled me one time. And I was a teenager, and I, I had gotten some allowance money, I believe, and we were going to the mall, and they had that Santa out there. And uh, she said, you know, you should give your money to, you know, you should give your allowance money to kids who don't have it. And I said, no, I want to buy whatever at the mall. And she said, you know, some people don't even have what you have on right now. And some people, you're about to go in here, and I'm about to pay for your food. And some people don't have that. Some kids don't have that. And so she was right. And I went and I gave, I think it was like 12 bucks. It wasn't a lot, but I was, you know, I was a teenager. And $12 to me was, you know, something, you know, in in the, in the store that I wanted. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those heartbreaking moments when my own mom um, had to set me straight because I wasn't realizing um, how great I had it, you know. Us in America, we are so privileged. Yeah. And it's sad that there is hunger, that there's homelessness here and even in our county. But I love when people are exposed, exposing their kids mm-hmm. young because it is, I mean, let's be honest, we are pretty selfish. We are, yeah. <laughs> we think we deserve things and the, with just having life is precious enough and we should be so grateful for that and I don't think that we're grateful enough just like you said we we want we want things Mm -hmm. but there are some people that don't even have those basic necessities and so when kids come I love that when parents intentionally talk to their kids or expose them to different things like that you know take them downtown show Mm -hmm. them a homeless person and teach them that is a, a moment, a teaching lesson that you can use so much because we we think we deserve everything. A little bit of entitlement. A lot of entitlement. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm I can say that because I'm that person to you. Yeah. And and I think we all are. But saying, Hey, this person, let's take your twelve dollars of mm-hmm. what you've earned and do something. So I, I love, I love when I see kids giving yeah. When they donate their piggy banks, it is so fun. It's it's almost like if you make it normal, then they won't see it as being out of the norm because they they're gonna think, well, it's okay to give kids who don't have what I have this, and it helps them. When you start that, when you plant that seed in their mentality, it's a whole different feeling because they're generous and they become good people, and they don't become they're not as selfish. Because I grew up a little selfish because, you know. I wanted this. I wanted that for my birthday. I want this. I want that. But in reality, what did those things end up? No. If you think about all the little money that you got from allowance <laughs> and you bought and you're like, dang, if I could have just saved that money. Yeah, every time. <laughs> I would have had a lot of money right now. Did you ever have a situation where you seen something that really broke your heart working in your organization? Oh, there have been a lot. There is one gentleman that comes pretty much every day because we're his family. He has mental illness, schizophrenia, different things. He's actually not even able to eat in the soup kitchen because he gets made fun of a little bit. He can't hold a job. I mean, there's n- there's no way. And sometimes he takes his medication, sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. And you can say right or wrong on that, but he has nobody. Somebody takes care of his money. He doesn't even get to see that because he's not able to. He stays in the Airways Motel. 
Mm-hmm. And he comes to Rife every day. He uses our phone. Who knows who he calls? He calls random people. <laughs> but he'll just sit there and we actually have his food and we go and purchase the specific food because he is a little picky. He is a little picky. But it's just, wow, Rifa means a lot to people that they can come. And you mentioned this earlier. They can get out of the elements if it's cold or hot, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. But then it's that listening ear too and a community that they can be a part of. And so that's one story. There's also a, a lady that she came she came to Jackson. She she was originally from here, moved away, came back to take care of her mom because mm-hmm. she was in the process of passing away. And so through different things, she had to pay for all her mom's care. And because that took so much, she ended up losing her job. And so she came to Rifa to eat in the soup kitchen and she was living in her car. And then eventually she had to get rid of her car mm. because she needed that money. And so she, there, there's actually what's called a tent city in Jackson. And that's where people, a homeless community live. And so she lived there, but then she came and she started volunteering. She was still eating and getting some of our services, but she's like, I want to give back. Like, mm-hmm. I want to give back. I, my hands work, my legs work. I need to be useful. And then we were in the process. She was looking for jobs, but she didn't have her ID. Mm. And so we were able to help her get her ID. And then she was able to get a job at the hospital. And she still comes back every once in a while and will help out. And so, it, you know, those, I wish I could say there's a story like that every day. <clears throat> there's not. But those are the ones that you just think, wow, Rifa really helped these people mm-hmm. and made an impact in the littlest thing of giving them a plate of food. Yeah. That you're like, wow. I mean, it's a plate of food. It gave them the nourishment and the energy that they needed for, to help them go on a little bit longer, you know, because <clears throat> to think about what it would take, like, if I lost everything that I have today, and, of course, you know, I have three kids, and, of course, I do have family and stuff, but let's just say I didn't. For me to, as a prideful person as I am, for me to go and and beg for food would be hard. Um, to see my children see me do that. It's hard, and people don't understand that these people, you know, these homeless people have to do it every day because they don't have a choice. Most people who come to Rifa didn't plan on coming to Rifa. Right. It is because this is what they have to do to take care of their family, or maybe it's to stretch their dollar. Because I think a, a big misconception is, <clears throat> oh, everybody who comes is is homeless. Right. No, I'll, a lot of people are actually working. They're working multiple jobs, but ends just don't meet. And it's, it stinks. It really does. I wish, I, there's just not a better way to put it. That They are working hard. Maybe they don't have a higher education. And so they're working minimum wage jobs. Maybe they have a couple of kids. They might even be taking care of other family members as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. But coming to the soup kitchen or taking some, uh, advantage of our other resources help stretch that dollar more yeah because you know the cost of living now is a little bit higher where fast food workers are making 12 dollars right out the gate 
But if that's, you know, back then, if you were going to get a quick job and, and work for a little while, you would get a fast food job because it was a minimum wage and you can make just a little bit at the time. But to have a career and a steady job and a steady um, money flow, you had to have a good education. You've had to go to college. You've had to do this. A lot of people don't get that. And some people miss out on the opportunity to get such, you know, such a great what's the what's the word to get such a great advancement in life to proceed and and live the way they should but it's not that easy for a lot of people because god i'm getting choked up <clears throat> i'm getting choked up because that story you told me about those two uh those two people who come up there that, that really hit me um it just it really sucks because um i you see them all the time but they're always ignored and people shouldn't pass so quickly to to judge people and tell and say well they're just they're just standing here every day they're not they're not really you're just one money but I, and unless you really like talk to them everybody that i've ever given money to when they're at walmart or something i always like they've always been very grateful and they've always given me like a bracelet or or a keychain or something that they had that was theirs that show their appreciation um and it's just we you know i just want people to start you know, being a little bit more cautious in how they approach people who are dealing with a hard time. Yeah. You know, we always talk about amongst our staff that Mm -hmm. sometimes they, they seeing you could be the only smile that they see. Right. It could be the only Christ that they see Mm -hmm. that by showing them that love, you are showing the gospel that you are telling them that you love them. And it doesn't matter their situation. And, you know, sometimes it's maybe what they've done and haven't done, but they're still human. Yeah. And to ignore them and, and is just, we shouldn't do it. No. So on a lighter note, <laughs> before we get, you know, <laughs> too deep into the vortex, uh, tell me other great things that y'all do that people may not know. Yeah, so we have our soup kitchen, which is open 365 days a year, serves a breakfast and lunch daily, and a dinner on Mondays and Thursdays. So lots of food goes out our doors. Close to 200 people a day Mm. get served through our soup kitchen. Another popular ministry is our snack backpack program. Mm -hmm. This is where kids who have been identified through the school system elementary kids specifically as having little or no food over the weekend. And so this can fill the gap of providing a bag of food for Saturdays and Sundays because lots and lots of research has come out about how kids who are hungry can't focus, they can't learn. And so we are really, by providing this backpack, this small bag of food, we're investing in their future because we're saying, hey, we want you to get a good education and we want you to be a productive citizen in our community. We also have what's called senior staples. And this is where we partner with senior centers to provide those seniors who have been identified as food insecure. And we provide them a box of staple food items and we serve a couple hundred uh we try to do it quarterly and we would love to increase that and we'll give them a box for thanksgiving and christmas as well we also have what's called community outreach and this is a little there's lots of little things that go within it and the main thing is we do give out food so maybe a a grandmother comes and she just got custody of her two grandkids. Yeah. 
well, she's on a fixed income, like mm. having two kids that eat a lot. How is she going to do that? How is she going to do that? Right. And maybe she's applied for food stamps and they haven't come in yet. And so we're able to give them some food based on how many people are in the household to kind of supplement that uh, between whatever may happen. Right. And then we also have what's called a food co-op. And this is a fun concept because the whole thing is community. So it's a small group of people that have been identified as lower income, maybe on a fixed income. And so they get together and they make the rules. They have a president, a secretary. They decide they have speakers that will come and it's all that they want to get together, learn things, but then they also get food. Right. And so they pay a fee we're talking like a $2 fee. Okay. Rifa doesn't keep the money. Okay. They keep the money. Okay. They get to decide what get what where it goes to. One year they decided to provide hygiene packs for people in the soup kitchen. Okay. Like just love what they're doing, but they're able to get a third to a half of the food that they need for the month and they meet twice a month. Okay. So wow, for That's amazing. I know. I mean it really is and it's fun to see the group come together we have two groups one that meets at rifa and then one that meets in east jackson okay and it it is a fun group because they'll be talking i i sat in uh a little bit ago and they were like have you tried this uh coconut oil stuff and (laughs) (laughs) because they're learning they go through nutrition classes different things because other things we want to teach them hey how to eat well because we know heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, all that stuff. And we want them to be healthy. You know, it's not, hey, here's your whole bunch of food. And so that is a great program. And then we have our thrift store. Okay. Which is. That was my question. I was, I, I didn't know if you were going to yeah. touch on that. But like, so do you provide clothing and, and how do you do that? Yeah. So I always say it's a win, win, win. Okay. People. You go through your stuff. Oh, maybe I've lost some weight, getting rid of my old stuff, or maybe I'm getting new furniture, household goods, mm-hmm. and you donate those to Rifa. So you're getting them out of your house, and then we're able to put them in the store at low cost to the community. So maybe they're for people who are those thrift store shoppers. We have lots of those. Absolutely. Or maybe it's for those people who they can't afford Target or Macy's. Mm-hmm. And so this is a way that they can still pick out their items, get good stuff at low cost. Right. And then the other part, the other win, is that all the proceeds goes back to RIFA. So we're able to invest back into the ministries to be able to feed more people. Wow. So it's the, your organization obviously sounds like a, it's a nonprofit, correct? Yes. So everything that you put out there and anything that you gain financially, you reinvest back into the organization for the community again. That's right. It takes a lot of resources to be able to feed a lot of people. And you know, think just the snack backpack program, it costs close to $150,000 just in food cost for a year. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. And when, one thing that I did miss on the topic of food and kids, we have just recently this summer, we started the bus stop cafe. Okay. And this is where we took a school bus, we renovated it, and then we are taking it to different communities and feeding kids in the summer because research shows that 
summer is one of the hungriest times for kids because they do not have access to the school system because you think they get a free breakfast and a free lunch. And then through snack backpack, you get something over the weekends, but when they don't have that access to it, what happens to those kids? And we were posed with that question for many years. And that's when we did some research, visited different places and came up with the bus stop cafe. So we have four stops that we go to during the summer times. So the months of June and July and serve kids five days a week for lunch. Wow. And that was a great week. Like I said, this, this past summer was our first year and it was incredible to see the people supported the program, which is great. The kids loved it. They loved the bus. They loved coming on it. And so we're excited to see what comes for this coming up year. That is amazing to hear that, you know, you're putting your own resources as far as like gas and your own vehicle and you invested in a bus and then invested on all the food and got people to come together for such a great cause because a lot of people skip over, like you said, a lot of people skip over the fact that some of the kids only eat at school and how do you really get that out of a kid who doesn't need to admit that they don't eat at home or they don't have the money to eat at home, you know, who might either be embarrassed or just unknowingly that they don't understand that their situation is not common. So when you have something like a lot of those programs, that's just amazing. And everything that y'all do, um, your organization is that is Christian based, correct? Yes. Yeah, so we are a faith based organization okay. and we are supported Like I said earlier, we were founded by churches and we are supported by churches. A lot of churches in Jackson without their support, we probably wouldn't be able to keep (laughs) the doors open. So we're thankful for all them. And that's what I love about it is that different denominations can come together and you can kind of check that at the door and that you're coming to help somebody. You're coming to serve a meal. You're coming to sort food or sort clothes in the thrift store. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not about those nuances of denominations. It's, it's about showing the gospel, being loving people. Right. Do you also teach, um, for some people who come in and, and, and get some and actually get involved in some of your programs as far as getting food and, you know, the backpack driving it, are y'all, do they ever request like maybe, a church to go to or a service or someone they can talk to that's in the organization that will kind of preach the gospel to them? We actually have a chapel service okay. that happens before every meal in the soup kitchen. And so we have guest pastors that will come and share the word and they'll have a little music. And for a lot of people, that's their church okay. because they might not be a part, a member of a, of a church in Jackson, but it's Rifa. And and that, it almost seems like everybody who walks through that door is automatically family because the way, you know, I've seen pictures of people serving and it's just everybody's smiling. Everybody's cutting up with everybody. And you don't understand that maybe you joking around with them that day was the most, you know, interaction they had all day. That was in a positive way. And on top of that, they're getting to eat and they're getting to relax. They're not having to worry about um, the outside world for a couple of hours while they're in there, you know, and dealing, you know, being able to benefits from your programs. So to me, that's amazing. I love that, you know, Ripe is doing such great things, um, and especially y'all being uh, faith-based, and you're a nonprofit organization, and I fully support it. And if there's anything that me and my brother can do, please let us know, and we'll do everything we can. Um, that's pretty much every, anything I uh, have to talk about. Is there anything you'd like to add before we close? Yeah, I mean, just a thank you to the community who comes together and does 
the good work because we at Brifa, our staff, we're limited. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we can only do so much. And so it really takes, it takes volunteers. It takes mm-hmm. people doing food drives. It takes people donating money to be able to provide the meals that we do. 2018, we provided over 497,000 meals that went out the doors of Rifa. So almost a half a million meals. Wow. And we're on track to beat that this year in 2019. And so... I encourage you to to be involved and you know I always say this maybe it's not rifa maybe maybe it's not you don't have a passion for that but you have a passion for something else find that and do something with it be that action person like that John Baker and it can be in a small way or it could be in a big way whatever it is but that's how we are showing the love of Christ of being the hands and feet and because that's what it's all about, that we want to tell the good news. And a lot of times we do that through food that we yeah. know we need to get, we need to get their bellies full right. before they can actually hear what we're talking about. So yes. I encourage you just to be involved in some way. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for coming in. Thank you for the um, Rifle organization for what y'all do. And I, I, God bless you and God bless every one of y'all. Thanks for having me. Yes, ma'am. Enjoyed it. See you.